Hello and welcome to the Creative Process Podcast. I'm Angela He, the Digital Humanities and Library Science Curator. Today, I will introduce you to an interview between Mia Funk and the Director of Greek Operations for the Heritage Management Organization, Ioannis Trohopoulos. Trohopoulos began his career at the Varia Central Public Library, where he served as a director for more than 20 years. In 2012, he began serving as the managing director of the Stavros Niarchos Foundation Cultural Center and oversaw the largest cultural project in Europe at the time. He is also the co-founder of Future Library, an NGO which supports the development of public libraries, and he was the manager of an important one-year-long cultural event entitled by UNESCO, the Athens World Book Capital 2018. In this interview, Trohopoulos talks about his experience with these initiatives, his thoughts on public library developments, how public libraries will play their role in the future dominated by technologies and digitalizations, and more. After a brief summary of his experience, Trohopoulos leads us into his passion for books and libraries by talking about Raymond Carver as an author who had inspired him. Welcome, Yanis Trohopoulos, to the creative process. You headed up very many um, library projects. Um, you've been involved in the world of literature for a number of years, but you began uh, studying law. Yeah, I studied law in uh, back in. Uh, Early 80s in Thessaloniki, mm-hmm. in uh, northern Greece, Macedonia. Then I did a master's in public administration, mm-hmm. and then I, by accident, I was uh, hired by the public library. And then I had I started my adventure abroad. I moved to Wales in UK, and I studied uh, a master's uh, degree in library and information science. Came back to Varia, where I worked for 25 years, and uh, created with my colleagues there a kind of a modern public library, which by that time didn't exist in Greece, and worked uh, with uh, many many people abroad from uh, in more than 16 European projects. When I moved to UK in 1988. Yes. Now I link my movement to UK with the the short stories of Raymond Carver. Oh. Because it was by that time when I moved, this summer mm-hmm. died, so I read his uh, the last one of his last stories in Observer. Oh, so okay. I, I I always link my movement to Britain with this his uh, this author. It's strange because he's so un-British, but as yeah. a writer, he's yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, although, yeah, um, but it may be economical with revealing emotions. You could say that's British, but it's a very American minimalism. Uh, but he's an interesting, and we could go into to him and his uh, editor as well, because that's an interesting question as well. People say that his style was as much, unusually so uh, shaped by his editor, his Raymond Carver's voice, but I didn't want to go on too much of a tangent. I'd like to come back to the authors that you've loved, the books that you've loved, and I also like this idea that each country. Uh, Jan Martel said to me, uh, each co- he thinks of each country as as a book, as a chapter in a book, maybe. And I like this idea mm-hmm. because it's it's true. They have their, you know, each country has this kind of unified personality, and I like I like to think of like. The island of Great Britain is a book. I never thought it is the Raymond Carver book, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I like it because I, I was uh, emotionally influenced so much by his short story when I read it on Observer. By the mm-hmm. time I was there, so then I tried. I never knew anything about him, mm-hmm. and then I start uh, boring books. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and uh, reading mm-hmm. and uh, it took me years when I read most of these stories and then it, they were translated into Greek All right. so I was in a position to read it also in Greek Yes. Uh, and still it's, it's uh, my pillow because I link my good and bad memories of UK with him as a writer Oh, nice. So it's amazed sometimes because I lived most of my life in in, in libraries, mm-hmm. so among uh, books mm-hmm. and shelves. Although I'm, I'm I'm jealous because I I appreciate very much the uh, the creators, the artists, the writers, the painters, the musicians, mm-hmm. because I was mostly was as a, working there as a manager. I never mm-hmm. had uh, you know. And I feel that the most important thing is the, the, the creator, creativity. That's why mm-hmm. I try to, to work on creating an environment mm-hmm. where people can be creative. Yes, it's so important. They, I think yeah. this is very important. Mm-hmm. And I, I must say that I I am inspired by how uh, an environment can uh, change the lives of people. Well, of course, um, now you've, uh, I sh- we should mention your most recent project, but speaking of this important and interesting spaces for creativity, you were the general manager of the Stavros Narcos Foundation yes. Cultural Center, which is a series of inspiring spaces, um, buildings and outdoor spaces. Uh, and were you involved, and then you were involved in the opera house, the, you, the various buildings, you were involved with um, helping decide or liaising with the architects, or how? I mean, what were the discussions around that? That inspiring those inspiring spaces. Here, um, as I told you, I started working on a, on a relatively small uh, city in mm-hmm. a small library. Yes, we built. Uh, uh, I was involved in the in the constructing the new building of the library early 90s. Mm-hmm. I managed to see the opening of the new library and then for 10 that years... That was the Daria library, the yes. Daria library, yeah. and I managed to see yeah. in 10 years time to develop services which are so uh, complicated but also very close to the needs of the people. Mm-hmm. So it went uh, in line with the development of the building, also the services. Then by moving in the biggest project, mm-hmm. national project mm-hmm. like the Stavros Narcos Foundation Cultural Center, and uh, although I was not at the very beginning of that mm-hmm. project, but I was I, I was uh, involved in the dic- discussions with the architect, with the Renzo Piano company, designing a national library which which also has to include a space like a public library. That's something not very common. Mm-hmm. Uh, not all, not uh, mostly the part of a national library because then you speak about storage and you speak about research rooms. So it's more or less all national libraries around the world mm-hmm. at the same more or less kind of function operation. But to design and decide about the, the different space of the public library, that was a real challenge. Because uh, the, the, the public library, as it happens all over the world, it changes every day, every minute. And you have to, to find out the way you, 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 you agree with the different parts of the library, of the public library, so you can easily then be in a position to to rearrange. Because you imagine what will be the library in 2020, but you have to, to think how I can adapt to the changes in 10 years' time. So that's why you, you have to, to be very, and also you have to decide to discuss with the members of the 
the people who are running the library, what do they want really? Right. And also you have to, 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 to tell them, to discuss with them what the public wants for the library. So it is, it's a very big, open yes. discussion, dialogue, because sometimes we think only about what we think as, a, as a people who work in the library, we, but we ignore what the public wants for the public library. So it was a big challenge for all the people who work in that project. Mm. And I'm, I'm, I'm delighted that we deliver uh, to the people of the National Library space where they can really develop services and um, serve the citizens of Athens. I don't know how long it will take to do that, but it's really a, a, a great challenge for them. Right. And what was, and so in terms of that, some of the services that we want to make sure, what you would want or what the library staff would want and what the public would want, how did you modify your planning? Because that's, you know, you, there were some things that you had in place and then you had to think about digital technology, digital humanities. Uh, yes. I was privileged because for working in a library for many years, I was involved in, in many international projects. So. Mm-hmm. I had a, a very strong uh, clue about the trend and also I had experienced some of these trends in a smaller scale in my old library. So I had an idea where things are moving. So it, it, you cannot anticipate the future needs. What we can do is uh, working with architects to create uh, such flexible spaces so these spaces can be adapted later in, in different operations. Mm-hmm. So, instead, and also sometimes when you, you operate, then the use of the public allow you to think what else need to be added to the space. So it's, it's a very, it's different when you think about the opera, because yeah. the opera is the opera. It's the stage. When the acoustics are fine, then it's a matter of of the content, mm-hmm. of the type of the opera, of the how the the production, and uh, there, it's discussion about the space is not so difficult and challenging as it is with the library. Mm-hmm. Also, opera has a, it's more you need to think about the library more because it as always libraries that it's not very easy to be sustainable because they are free, yes. provide free services. Mm-hmm. And also, you need to, it's not a tradition in Greece to visit a library or to, to use a library. Well, though it's, I mean, I think of so many great libraries in history, but it's just now people collect books then instead or different ways. They prefer to read at home. Before I start working in a library and before we build the, mm-hmm. the new model building, I never had the, I was never uh, convinced that Greeks they can use a uh, public library as it happens all over Europe because mm-hmm. the statistics in most of the Greek public libraries are very poor. Uh, very few people go to libraries mm-hmm. and very p- people use library services. Mm-hmm. And that is still the situation today. Right. So you may say that uh, people they are not interested in, 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 in using libraries. What I realize is that people, they need, in order to use libraries, they need to find a place where they feel comfortable and they need to have uh, full access to the knowledge, to information and to, to other kind of services, which normally we don't provide them. So that's why we don't have, and especially in the south part of Europe, the use of libraries it's less common than in the northern part. Right. So it can be explained because we never developed this kind of services mm-hmm. which can be linked to the needs of the people. All right. If you do that, mm-hmm. then and, and, and if you have this kind of, in a way, we are very good in, in launching a service or a, an action, but we are not very good as Greeks to develop the same quality for a longer time. Right. So people get frustrated. Mm-hmm. It is the same, like when you go to to see a, 
a museum, museum, they don't need only to be good at the opening. Mm-hmm. They need to change exhibitions, they need to, to create more educational programs, to attract more people mm-hmm. and to provide first quality service. That is not always the case in Greece because we lack of resources. Right. Yeah. Human resources. Mm-hmm. And we lack also the right skills for people to offer these services. Mm-hmm. And I think the main problem we were facing Greeks, especially in the cultural field, but not only the cultural, it's the uh, the need of continuous training, which is it's not very common in Greece. And also to expose to more uh, ideas from other parts of the world and more, uh, how to say, link, which is we are not very good in that we are very inner side well yeah there, I, I think you have this great appreciation for the past and the modernization of methods is not considered maybe necessary or it's not so much future looking or we are uh, we don't experiment so much okay. so that is something which is needs to be done in order to be able to to follow the, the developments and also we are not uh, very good in, in working together mm-hmm. so yeah. that something also creates problems mm-hmm. i would like to see for example in the coming years as as a as an outsider mm-hmm. in what extent the three different organizations the cultural center <laughs> they will create uh, common projects that will be a challenge It's very exciting, and I love that the library is given such importance within that. I'd like to discuss some of those things about the different services with library sciences, because a lot of people don't know about that either, and I, I don't know so much about it. But I find it interesting that you, who come from a background of libraries, were um, the general manager of this cultural center. If you could describe some of their projects or that you were involved in or now they're continuing um, the, opposite, the, the various aspects... And then we saw with a recent Venice Biennale, I'm just thinking about we have now, we're starting to respect books in a way. I was feeling that people were turning away from them so that uh, someone who is head of a library is put in charge of this general cultural concept. Um, and then uh, um, a recent uh, Venice Biennale, which was uh, curated by Christine Marcel. Of course, she is also honoring Oh, is that art? Yes, and I and it's interesting the conversations with curators as well. You see that that's really their their background. You see people who are growing up in literature finding their voice and finding their professions in the art world. Um, in a way, but I don't know what ha- I. I think we have to do what we can, as you are with the, the Athens um, World Book City. Uh, World Book Capital, yes. World Book Capital, excuse me. Uh, that is um, the UNESCO project. I feel that we must do all we can to make sure that the long-form um, journalism, long-form you know, books, prose, um, is not forgotten in the new technologies. Yeah, it, it seems that uh, although there was... Uh, Years ago, there was a fear that uh, books will be at least in the uh, hard copy format will be uh, vanished. Mm-hmm. We see now that uh, people more and more, they, although they are reading, they are buying books in uh, digital format mm-hmm. using different devices, yeah. they still also buy books in printed format. We don't know, of course, what uh, the children who are now five years or six yes. years old are going to do when they become adults. But I'm not afraid because I, I cannot see the library as a place as a place for storing books or for having books in one format. I can see the library as a, as a space for people to gather, mm-hmm. to access information mm-hmm. also people for the uh, space for uh, a nuclear space for different communities mm-hmm. for uh, experimentation mm-hmm. for uh, communication mm-hmm. and especially for the people who are not very privileged oh, yes. because that was also the uh, 
if I say we say Carnegie was this is what he oh, did yes. uh, the previous century one in the in the period of crisis he said I'll put my money and and uh, create libraries because yes. what people need at this stage is to find a space where they can learn mm-hmm. they can find resources which normally when you are not rich you cannot find so this is the mission of, of a library it's not a mission that you you need of course the national library has also a different uh, mission to to preserve the uh, the history of the uh, of the nation but a public library it's has a mission to create an environment especially for the unprivileged to find the space to to get access to information to to get access to to create to improve their quality of life which is not the case it is pity that uh, the progress we made in all those things in Greece it's very slow because the stakeholders the state the mayor the, the different funders they don't understand that to build and to create a public library access to knowledge space takes time for people to understand and to use yes. so when uh, when you need immediate results then you cannot wait for for such a long time to see the results when i did i started the project and especially he, even here in the Stavros Narn mm-hmm. foundation cultural center in the library i gave more emphasis in in the design of the space for the preschool children yes because for the me habits. this is the most important part of the project yes. what environment you create for the parents and for these children up to four years old mm-hmm. what kind of initiatives what kind of like um, you're talking about like readings or what what other things that were you're designing the space but how are you filling the space for children as you can imagine the project is difficult because we were involved in the design of the different spaces of course in consultation with the people from the library because these are the people who then undertook the operation yeah. and now they are responsible to create the services which they will be accommodated in the space mm-hmm. that is the the tricky thing mm-hmm. it, it's not only that you if you have the space that doesn't mean that you have everything you need the service as well yeah the service it is related with the creativity of you you need to find first of all people who were going to, to serve the, the customers mm-hmm. and then you need uh, in my opinion uh, people who can uh, create different events or use the library as a, as a as a place for reminding parents mm-hmm. that the most important age of their children is up to four years old so mm-hmm. they need to give such attention to and the library should be the place for for making people to understand that give your time to your child when it's it's see, so young so of course then you need to unlike the opera mission the problem with the library is that you need to serve different kinds of people and people read i mean not with childhood but people as they become adults uh, you'll often hear people say oh, they only read uh, non-fiction or they only read for information the the idea of the reading for pleasure um, for many people is, is something that they don't have an experience in a long yeah, time or yeah, ever you know yeah it is again that is also a kind of uh, uh, in in uh, in US especially in the, in the other part of uh, US mm-hmm. in, uh, when they develop this strong uh, presence of a public library then mm-hmm. you see people going for uh, boring books for uh, for leisure mm-hmm. uh, you don't only see old people you can see also young people adults although I must say that according to the recent reviews and service is still even in the US there is a problem of young people not visiting libraries often that is the trend but I, I strongly believe that you need to create 
the space, you need to change always the space yeah. and you need to invite the most active parts of the community to use the space. So it doesn't mean that you need to create only events related to books. Yes. All kinds of events related to arts in general can make a person curious then to use different parts of your resources, of your collections and to feel uh, you know more uh, confident and satisfied and uh, but that needs a lot of time and needs a lot of uh, work which is community engagement this is something which people especially young people who are active in, in the community does not like so much the the formal kind of institutions so you need to find a way to bring together formal institutions with the, the, the small groups and parts of the community who normally they are not work together with the formal institutions. You have to open the institution to the community and sometimes you have to, to argue and to allow things to, to do their work. Normally you don't do it because we need more fresh air in our organizations and uh, it's not that easy. Hello again, this is Angela and I'm giving you a brief interlude. Some of what Rohopolis talks about are not included in this podcast due to limitation of time, but I want to give you a summary here as I think they're also worth sharing. Rohopolis believes that curiosity is crucial to people even more so than their passion for reading because it makes you to stay alert of news and urges you to learn more than you already know. By being curious, people will not be limited by their comfort zone but will always be creative and willing to absorb various knowledge in distinct fields in order to achieve their goals. I think this is a very good point based on my own experience because I majored in art history in college so my major interest is always the humanities and the appreciation for the art. But the elective classes in science and math, which I took because I was curious on the subject, gave me the habit of paying great attention to details and always basing my arguments and conclusions on concrete facts. And these habits are extremely crucial for academic studies, even in our history, and for other aspects of life as well. So I too agree that curiosity is an invaluable thing that humans possess and we really should let it expand. I hope this insight also inspired your own thoughts and creative process. And that concludes my interlude. Now let's turn back to the conversation between Mia and Ioannis Trohopoulos. The one thing that not people like you and I who love literature, love reading for pleasure and for information, but we, we don't have this problem, but other people sometimes associate books with only with study or with work almost. There yes. is this lack of sense of play. And so I think that what you say is identified so important to create this reading as play, reading as experimentation, as learning of course, but as, as a joy. You yes, know, that thing. Yes, yeah. I, I think a, a, a lot of people feel that mm-hmm. in Greece, but they do that not in relation to public spaces. Mm-hmm. But we need to develop that more, and in order to do that, we need to bring. I, I give more importance to the um, space you you develop, and how you put in the space different kind of, of functions in order to make people to come and to see how interaction, we need more interaction with people and we need also more interaction with uh, creators, artists, uh, writers, uh, dancers, mm-hmm. how to say... Yeah, filmmakers, of filmmakers. course, are always drawing and from America. Yes, so it's, it's not that if you, if you watch movies you, you won't be interested in reading a book. It's, I think it's, it's the expo- exposure to different uh, kinds of art. Mm-hmm. It also creates a lot of uh, adding value for yeah. the person. But 
imagine that we need to train a lot of people who work in public spaces in order to accommodate yes. these, all these different mm -hmm. uh, values. And people normally, especially in Greece, but also in other countries, they are afraid of the changes. So change always brings, in the beginning, fear. So you need strategically to spend a lot of time with people, with the public servants, to, to allow them to, to express themselves and then to, to bring together public and uh, public officers. So make a mix. I don't believe now that organizations provide only, you know, create only or uh, organize events. I, prov I believe to the kind of, of events which they bring together people and the creators and create an event. So the Future Library Project, how did that come about? The Future Library Project was, uh, and uh, we were thinking six years ago when we were the, the project, this national, the Stavros Foundation Cultural Center was about to start the construction. In my view, I, had, I was thinking how the national library can move with no customers with very low profile uh, services, how can move to a new five-star hotel operation building uh, if you don't raise the profile and the services of the libraries across the country. Okay. So, yes, it's out in the yeah, so I, I, we had this idea that uh, if uh, we, we managed to do such successful operation in, in Veria by gaining the Gates Award, so we can pass this kind of uh, knowledge to other libraries, discuss with the people there, and develop kind of different projects in small places, work with the staff to also to implement services and see how people will react. So it was a kind of a, a continuous experimentation, developing projects, and that's why we developed two different kinds of projects. One related with uh, constructing new children spaces, spaces for children, but using also technology as well. And the other was developing technology spaces that people want adults and young people can use technology in order to experiment with the, the, the new trends. So that happens in, in several uh, different cities, small cities, and we raise, by doing that, we raise the profile of libraries and also raise the, 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 the importance of libraries, uh, passing this message to the stakeholders, to the different uh, local authorities, and then we, we eventually we hand this kind of network to the National Library. I still believe that uh, this kind of networks should not be state-owned networks, but should be a kind of private-public partnership. But uh, I think in Greece, this is not a, we are not still mature to work in that direction. Probably in 10 years' time, people that will start thinking of this kind of creation. That's why now Future Library has uh, a minor role work for many years in international projects and now work for, uh, with small uh, foundations to support uh, and develop library collections. Uh, does not have the role which used to have in the past because now it's the National Library who is running the project and the network of libraries. So Future Library does not have the same kind of of mission as it was in the past. And are there, um, in terms of collections, uh, different libraries, they're not, do you find that there are periods or subjects or that are, not, are underrepresented, like it's not as comprehensive? Yeah, you see, always, not only now, mm -hmm. but even previously, uh, libraries, because they were mostly state or uh, municipal funded organizations, they were very poorly resourced as far as collections. So imagine that uh, they have very 
collections which are not updated, they don't get new uh, books. And sometimes you can also see that there are uh, not well represented all types of, of, of books. Mm -hmm. So it is really pity that, uh, especially now when state uh, funding is, is has more cuts, mm -hmm. I'm not very optimistic how these libraries will survive. Mm -hmm. What I'm more interested in, I, I try to pass this message is that you need, to, if you don't have so much money, you need to make priorities. Mm -hmm. You need to look back and say, what, what is my main mission, my main, what I want to do? And in my view now, what is important for libraries in Greece is give attention to the uh, preschool children, mm -hmm. try to develop collections which will be representative for all different appetites for the for our customers mm -hmm. and focus mostly on collecting material and uh, resources which make strong your unique identity of the place you live okay. so because every library you have in libraries books which can be pub, uh, national published and mm -hmm. every library can have and you can also borrow but mm -hmm. What differentiates the library in the northern part of Greece, in Macedonia, with Athens, is the material you have about your place. And that also give more, make your people to feel more proud. Mm -hmm. Because one, you need to create the identity of, of the people. Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, you need to, to, to collect that information mm -hmm. Not, not only collect information which is in printed format, but collect oral photos, story. oral mm -hmm. stories, yeah. whatever. So in 50 years time, mm -hmm. the generation will have something uh, going back to where we are now. Because mm -hmm. although we have a lot of technology now, because there are so many ways to, to create things, sometimes we don't preserve it. Yes. Imagine how many photos you take. Mm -hmm. And immediately, how many photos you, you print? Sometimes you don't. Mm -hmm. You erase. You don't keep a, a, you know, a backup of the photos. Yeah. And you don't have this idea of what to take photo. And, uh, how, you see how many buildings in my area, for example, in, in small city. The, the last 10 years, a lot of things changed because there are a lot of buildings went down. Nobody take, uh, is interested to take a photo. Mm. of the change so yeah. we need to promote this idea of uh, allowing people to to record the change of the city and the change also through the the words of a refugee who is now living in in my small city yeah. and before uh, 10 Which years city? ago yes. very 10 ah, years yes. ago we didn't have any any people any immigrants any refugees now we have a lot so why it is very important to see and record how these uh, refugees mm -hmm. see the city from their eyes yeah. and record that and create a story of that. Mm -hmm. So I think this is something which libraries never had in, in their uh, idea when they were uh, thinking about their mission. They were only places where you can borrow a book. But this is one aspect of your uh, service. And there are so many other different ways to create uh, a unique space for the community and this is my idea and that can be done easier in a smaller scale project because then people that are more used and they they are more how to say they feel more confident they are more they are not more suspicious they feel experts also in their own territory. And yes. they feel like they're co-curators. Yes, yeah. yes. And they, 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 they feel more relaxed mm -hmm. because they, yeah. they found it. Whereas in the yeah. bigger scale, you need to create other kind of techniques in order to do that. So you had, just talking about the programming, I know I go on a long time, I always ask so many questions, but uh, talking about the cultural programming, because it was varied for the, and it's coming now to uh, finishing up with the World Book Capital um, in April, this April, 
Um, so, what were some of the cultural programs? I know there was the Babel exhibition, and you had um, you had writers readings, but there were. Yeah. Uh, I, I will also have the, the last two, uh, the March, January, March, and uh, and April. The programs I will hand it to you. This in English as well, so you can uh, check. There is a, a one. It was one thing was that people they don't know that when I came to the uh, project, I realized that uh, the outline of the program was part of this competition, and the uh, UNESCO uh, gave the award to Athens because of the program. So I had always something to to follow. I was not in a position to create a new, totally new thing because the guidelines was there. So, by taking that, I try to see, to identify how can make a, a successful World Capital in Athens today, what we really want, in order to see what we can leave as a kind of uh, heritage, you know, for the future. So, there were some. Uh, obvious things like creating big events with foreign authors coming more this year in Athens yes. than other years. Igor McEwan, Sanders, Magri, the Italian. There was also the uh, before we start the uh, World Cup, it was a month actually before we, dis- we organized that with Gete. The Nobelist, the German-Romanian uh, Müller, Müller uh, came, which she was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Her presentation, the speech they gave and the discussion mm-hmm. they had. And there were more than uh, 12 uh, different authors mm-hmm. came in, uh, in Athens and gave open pitches uh, or discussions with the uh, public. They also, uh, we also create a lot of events in different neighborhoods of Athens, because there isn't the kind of uh, normal, modern public library infrastructure in Athens, mm-hmm. most of the book events take place in the center. Mm-hmm. So what we wanted is to, to, to extend this exposure to books to all neighborhoods, which is not very easy. Yeah. But we, we try to do that combining presentation of books with uh, different kinds of uh, art, that means sometimes dance or theater or mm-hmm. films. So there was a kind of combination where people make it more interesting to people to attend. There were also a lot of, uh, we make an open call and we invite a lot of uh, non-formal groups who it's uh, already presented in, in the neighborhoods mm-hmm. to make proposals mm-hmm. and organize events mm-hmm. in the area. And but we also, uh, had proposals and worked together with big institutions like the Mega Musikis with the Bubble, this kind of organization, exhibition, and with the other libraries we created. A very interesting action was this idea of all kind of either library or museum or education institution to launch an open collection event so they can open to the public a collection which normally was closed or not well known and create with that collection uh, a company with an event, with music or with a lecture of an author. Mm -hmm. So it was, I think, more than 600 events events took place during this year. And over 150 institutions involved? Yes, and uh, I was more involved actually committed to work on the first year before the start the event. I was most responsible to, for fundraising because we didn't have any money to organize. So I, I had a discussion, consultation with different private donors. So we managed to get money from them. And also the municipality allocated some money for the World Book Capital. So my special interest was to, to fundraising. And the other part was I was involved in the consultation with all these institutions to create the basic the program, which then was submitted to UNESCO. Mm-hmm. And part of the procedure is that it was 
should be agreed and approved by UNESCO. So that happens by January 2018. We started in April 2018 and then uh, a group, the Athens Culture Network, which is run by the municipality of Athens, undertook the, the implementation of the project. And they also, because it was a matter of them being more confident, they managed to add more events in the program because it was uh, it is not very easy when you organize a program for a year to have everything confirmed so there was a main program which was happens and then there were a lot of other events took place and that's why we didn't uh, publish a program once for a year we published program every two or three months so it was on the website, you can see all the events, but also on the, on the written brochure, you can get the, uh, as we see now, all the problems. When I started working, I was very strategically thinking how to bring people in the space I create. So I was constantly related and involved and, dis and discuss with the general public. You, you will be surprised that most of the people who first joined the library, it was the people who normally expect that they will be the users of the library. It was the people who were not educated. Normally, the very little educated people, they were the first who joined the library. And they were really very happy and please the service offer and mostly they were women even now uh, statistically speaking most of the people who use the library in in various even i think most in, in greece and all over the world probably is yeah. mostly women yeah it's true statistically also with novels particularly yeah but also in in other fields yeah. i say they're mostly women when i I started working in the library. It was a small space of 250 square meters, uh, four uh, staff, and uh, 1,500 books uh, loan per month. And I left the library with a building of 2,000 square meters, two and a half, 12 people staff, and 25,000 materials on loan per month. So the same city, the same people, and see how we managed to change the whole environment. And we now, the library now has uh, 32,000 people members out of 50,000 people living in the, in, the, in the city. Oh, that's significant. So it's, yeah. it's big, it's only that they, they need only to, to make them to come uh, more often. Otherwise, the number of people who are using the library is above, even close to European standards, because it's quite a big number of people. As you think about how we might improve our educational models in the kind of world we're living with children, what do you think are some things that you would like to focus on? And from my experience, in the education, we need to expose more children to the real world, to to bring them to to close the gap between the the real world and the world where they they brought up, and we need to create more programs, uh, focusing on on uh, the environment and how we preserve and we we understand. The, the challenges of the environment, climate, and what happens in, in, in the world, but also in your, speak about more about the day-to-day -day things, how people live, food, culture, but in a more, uh, in a very practical way, to give them the time to, to find out their talent, because I think every child has a talent. We sometimes ignore this by paying attention in the bureaucracy in the formality we need more inventive teachers and if we don't have inventive and, and imaginary teachers 
We need to bring people from outside and create a mess. Right. Mess, a chaos, could be, I think, more interesting. A chaos under a kind of control, of course, because I understand that it's not very easy. If you make children to, to feel uh, no fear and comfortable, then they will learn. Imagine, when you are all adult, suddenly you realize that you need something, you learn it. It's you, you really want and you learn. Nobody can stop you. Yeah. A lot of learning, or some people have gone through educational systems that have not been well adapted to them. They don't know why they're learning something. Yeah, because by the time you, in our days, little by little, because through the technology, you won't need to do a lot of things which are irrelevant because mm-hmm. the machines they will do it much better. Yeah. So if you are not talented, if you don't find your skill, then you will suffer right. because you won't be able to do anything, or you'll be. You do things which you will get uh, very little money, so you will suffer. So you need to reinvent what is to be talented nowadays. And because everybody has some kind of talent, yes. I'm pretty sure about that. Oh yes, it's only it, life that kind of suppresses it. Yeah? Yes, <laughs> and we need, of course, we cannot do everything, but we need to find the ways to to encourage. So. You, you find your talent early in your life and you don't get disappointed or even if you get disappointed you fail yeah. you are enough confident to brave to, to go on because life can be so short that we need to be you know to be you know creative and brave and to support the young people luxury is, is a very dangerous thing it's very uncommon to resist to luxury. To resist to luxury when you live in a consumer society mm-hmm. is something very difficult. So we need to be careful of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and creating public spaces which are not luxurious, but very friendly, mm-hmm. very minimalistic, and get the most interesting part of the uh, creative community to to experiment there, give the, not only the children but also the older people who also need to live and to don't feel isolated, give the chance to live a better life. This is my dream. In a smaller city, in a bigger city, you now this kind of space which allow people to breathe and to realize that it's not only money which makes life easier. Thank you so much, Yanisis Hopoulos, for adding your voice to the creative process and for uh, this beautiful message, these beautiful institutions, these beautiful projects that you have built that really do and are inspiring and encouraging to uh, young and old to pursue their dreams, to continue reading, lifelong learning, and to pursue a life of meaning. Thank you for listening to this podcast. The Creative Process Podcast is supported by the Jan Mashowski Foundation. This interview was conducted by Mia Funk with the participation of collaborating universities and students. Associate Interviews producer on this podcast was Angela He. Digital Media Coordinator was Yu Yong Li. The background music, Wintertime, was composed by Nicholas and Adolis and performed by the Athenian Trio. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast. If you would like to get involved in our exhibitions, podcasts, or submit your own creative works, just drop us a line at team at creativeprocess.info.